All right, everybody, welcome to Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. I'm your roommate Salvo veteran. And I'm the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> so we're continuing on with our Bridgerton watch along recaps. So this episode, we are recapping episode three, A Bee in Your Bonnet, and episode four, Victory. So is we're getting up into the basically like now we've watched half the episodes. Yes. Um, do you want to? Oops, sorry. Oh, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask if you wanted to start by talking about episode three. But if you had an overall observation, let's hear it. No, no. I, well, uh, overall, I like these episodes way, way better. Oh, these I must say I was fully enjoying myself. These episodes I think it has to do with them not being in court and there being no queen, which is what's the issue we had, I think, with the first two episodes. And th- these two episodes were so much fun to watch. Yes, this really drilled down on the love triangle, which mm-hmm. I think is the most interesting part of this because it is the central romance <laughs> of this. Right. And it's- so that that I think we're really in a good spot right now great cliffhanger at the end of episode four Mm -hmm. and yeah well just what about yourself you enjoyed these two i yeah these two episodes were so much fun they were so good to watch i thought uh kate and anthony and edwina did an amazing job like I think love triangles can be really hard because obviously there's always going to be one person left out of the triangle and the way that they set up kind of everybody's emotions and relations to each other and the actors I think are doing such a brilliant job. You really feel for every member of the love triangle and there's not a point where you're like, oh, this person is just being stupid or this person is being delusional. Like it all feels very real and the stakes feel very real and the stakes feel very high, which is what I want out of a drama. Like I want it to be like, I don't know how this is all going to work out. Yes, Edwina is not a bad person. No. She's not doing anything wrong. And that's mm-hmm. that's what makes it so heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, that's what makes you understand that they're in an actual dilemma as opposed to just like a sort of a contrivance for plot. It doesn't feel that way. Everything feels very like plot forward and and natural. Um so First, let's talk about episode three, A Bee in Your Bonnet. I thought this was a great episode, and it opens with the death of Edmund Bridgerton. Yes. Wow. With a bang. This opens with a bang. (laughs) With a... So, this was supposed to take place 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. How how old is Anthony supposed to be? So, Anthony's 29 now, so he would be 19. Okay. So... I get you don't want to cast a different actor there, yeah. but I think you have to because he's 19 and looks exactly the same as a 30-something-year-old. Like, it, yeah. when they said 10 years ago and you saw him just as himself, I thought, okay, this is, I mean, this isn't like, I can suspend disbelief, but it just seemed weird to me. I mean, I think they tried making him have like a different hairstyle. And I think they also like put him in clothes that were a little bit too big for him. So he looked a little smaller. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it. I mean, I think it is what you have to do. And then it's just like easier to be like, this is Anthony Bridgerton as opposed to 
having to try to establish that with a different actor. Like, I agree. Like, Jonathan Bailey looks his age. He doesn't look, <laughs> he doesn't look 19, but I think it is such a small scene. It didn't bother me too much. I well, what okay. bothered me is that you have to feel the overwhelming kind of, you know, sadness and also that crushing responsibility that's going to fall on the shoulders of a 19-year-old. Yeah. And when you see him as his regular age, it doesn't have the impact. Mm -hmm. Like, if he would have been a scrawny 19-year-old that it's like, your father just died from a fucking bee sting, which is shocking and crazy. And now you've got people coming and saying, you've got to make decisions. He does look too, he, he looks old enough that that wouldn't, that would still be traumatizing, obviously, but imagine that as a teenager. Mm -hmm. That's just my argument. But I mean, it's not enough to make me hate the scene. Like, I thought the scene was really good. I do think they, they made dying from a singular bee sting as, like, um, dramatic as you could. Because it is kind of goofy. And I know people are allergic to bees and allergic to things, and I don't want to make fun of that. I'm not making fun of it, but it just is like to have your father be killed by a bee sting, one bee stinging you is, is it can be goofy, but I think they did pull it off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think in the books, they talk about how like, it is like this actual thing that can happen. Like he had been stung by a bee when he was younger and it's something to do with like the bee venom is poison and so then when you get stung again you do die and it's not something like people necessarily know about Mm -hmm. um i didn't need them to go into that on the show like no i'm glad they didn't yeah they didn't need to do that but i i agree that they did make it as dramatic as possible and i like i loved the moment like he's picking hyacinth before he dies, and then his daughter, who he never gets to meet, is named Hyacinth. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that was a nice moment, but also I think it was good. Like him dying by a bee sting, I'm happy. Obviously, I'm happy they didn't change it, but also that it was because it's so nonsensical, because it's such a stupid way to die, and it seems so improbable and ridiculous. It almost makes more sense the way that Anthony reacts to it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if he had had an illness or if he had died in like a carriage accident or a fall or something, you're like, okay, those things you can can happen. And in the back of your mind, you always expect like a loved one could get sick, a loved one could have an accident. But I don't think you ever think like, oh, a loved one could get stung by a bee and die in front of me. It doesn't, it, it's, it's so insane that- mm-hmm. Him then creating this whole mythos around it and how severely it damaged him as a person to the point where he, like, can't form attachments and he is so closed off, it makes sense. Like, that all then tracks, I think, character-wise, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you you nailed it because it Mm -hmm. is so arbitrary. And so it makes you feel like, what's the use of getting attached to anybody because something – really goofy could happen. Right. And it could all be over. Uh Uh-huh. And I also 
at the same time really liked and obviously really hated the way that Violet acted because I think there's a lot of times in shows and it's like either you're a bad mother or you're a saint. And the mm-hmm. idea of there being a good woman or a good mother who makes mistakes and who doesn't always act the best, you don't see super often. And so, like, Violet Bridgerton is obviously, like, loves her children, has a very strong relationship with each of her children. But seeing the way that she really dropped the ball after her husband died, I liked that. And it made sense also for, like, her and Anthony's relationship, but also just, like, it made sense for her, like, how deeply she was grieving and how, like, she was saying that insane stuff as she was giving birth. It, like, I thought that was a really great addition to the story, too. Because I don't remember if that's in the in um in Anthony's story if the, if it's that sort of told as much I know he talks about watching his mother grieve but I don't think you see how much she like fully checked out of the family mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's been so long since we read those books but I do think like this is the there started to be like a, a couple of deviations from really big scenes in this series in these episodes and I thought that they were all really for the best. Like I thought they were all done really well because obviously the other big scene is we see Kate and Anthony start moving towards each other and they have the scene where Anthony watches Kate get stung. Oh, great. It's great. That was such a great scene. Oh, like belly, butterflies in my belly. Like it was, it was such a beautiful scene. In the book, obviously, we know, like, he tries to suck the venom out of her skin and gets caught and they're compromised and then they have to get married. And that doesn't happen here. Here it stays a very private moment, which I really liked. I thought that was so smart and I thought that was the right thing to do. Yes, it extends it, too. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, it, it's extending something that needs to be extended to reach these eight episodes, I think. Yeah. And also because I think that instead of it being the turning point of them now having to get married and still having this animosity, it is them starting to have feelings for each other and not really mm-hmm. really know what to do about those feelings. Yeah, um, it, 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 it turns those screws of, okay, this is a real attraction. Now what do we do? Because there's so many things that are going to be in our way. Exactly. And that they do seem like the same kind of person, like how much they this oversized responsibility that they feel for their family, how stubborn they are, how competitive they are. You know, I Mm -hmm. think sometimes with romance, it can be hard because you're like, okay, well, why aren't these people together? But the two of them, based on their personalities, you can see why this is like a chasm for them to cross. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I really love that. I mean, that was such a great scene there. The hunt isn't till the fourth episode, right? Yeah, the hunt is the fourth episode. Okay. So there's a few. Oh, um, I think what I liked about these two episodes too, it's like it was the central love story and then all of like the B and C plots were all Bridgertons or Penelope. Mm -hmm. And I think the stuff with the Featheringtons is really interesting and really fun and like good to watch. So I'm happy if they're if they're the only departure from the Bridgertons, I think that's fine. But I just liked how every other story was about 
the family. And it just made it feel more like, oh, this is a close family because these are the people we're staying with. And then mm-hmm. it was just like nice to be with them, you know? I I will say the Colin giving who was the who's the other brother? Benedict. Benedict the powder mm-hmm. and him getting high was so sitcommy and it did not pay off in any way. I I thought it was fun because it was just like kind of like a silly moment of levity. Like I loved Colin coming back from his travels and just like annoying the shit out of everybody, just like somebody who is like just studied abroad for yes. six months and how they won't stop talking about it. I thought that that was great. And then I think Benedict taking that stuff, I don't know, it was just kind of like a silly scene. And then him, I think it was him being high at dinner and Colin like laughing at him like, you get why, like, Anthony, who needs everything to be perfect and everything to be just so, like, why that would throw him so much that, that he would be like, oh, my brothers were up to something I couldn't propose. Yeah. And it, it's like, yeah, I get that that would be, like, an Anthony thing. Like, he would need everything to be perfect. Yeah. I just – there's just something – I think it goes back to tone yeah. on this show for me. And the same thing with the Featherington's side story where it's like – Okay, we're you Prudence, right? Is the mm-hmm. girl's name. Marry your cousin so that I can basically take back over the house. And it the way Prudence is the the way she acts, that actress is just it's a little over the top. There's just some actors on this show that mug yeah, so much that it it's distracting. Mhm. I mean, it might just not be a tone that I like, I guess. It just, I I like when this, I don't want it to be dire and I don't want it to not have humor, but the mm-hmm. humor seems to tip over into the, this character gets high and starts acting weird, but then it never reaches any sort of apex of like real genuine humor or or like, wow, it's really funny that he did this thing. Mm-hmm. It just never gets to that point of true quality, mm-hmm. you know, the whole he gets high kind of just tapers off. Yeah, and then he gets into the Royal Academy of Art. Yeah. the big thing. Yeah, which is great, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. But, like, that's I think that's the issue I'm dealing with with this show is that I roll my eyes a lot at some of mm-hmm. the acting choices and some of the let's do this, but then let's not take it the whole way. Yeah, I hear you. But we do uh, have some stakes with Penelope as Whistledown mm-hmm. now. But still, again, it's if, we, if we're talking about the fourth episode at the end, what Lady Whistledown writes isn't anything like... Uh, she, she, it doesn't get to the point where she writes anything that's going to be truly like damaging. Yeah. Well, it, when she episode, has the evidence to do it. Right. Cause in episode three, uh, Madame Delacroix, who is the, like the modiste, like the tailor, um, Penelope confesses to her that she's Lady Whistledown to help her, which I do, I like, is ha- adding somebody into the story. I think it's, like, helpful that she has somebody to do this work with. And also I think it'll be interesting 
when everything is revealed that Eloise will like fully lose her shit about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so episode four, victory. So this is like everybody now is at the house party at the Bridgertons. And yeah, this is when they do the hunting. Yeah. Which that's Um, a fun scene because I I loved him teaching her how to shoot and her saying, don't, I can do it. I can do it. And then still like having that moment of their, them being close and touching, which was yeah. nice. And the, what else happened in, in this one? It was like so, the hunt. Yeah, the hunt. So that was a great moment of them being really close. Oh, we missed in the last episode is they, when they pay, play Paul Mall, which I, which was a great episode too. I mean, which is a great scene because you also did see how well Kate and Anthony are matched in their, like, competitive natures and how Edwina just, like, kind of didn't care and just wanted to go off and do something else. Yeah. Oh. Which I kind of get. I mean, it's, it yeah. is, like, it is, you know, they really love that game and it's, like, if you're not good at it and don't care, then I could see it being boring. Yeah. Something else that they changed from the books, like, in the books, Edwina is having, like, a secret of, like relationship with somebody who is like who is I think a baron or something who isn't necessarily the person people would think she would be with because he's like Mm -hmm. intellectual he's much quieter and they seem like unless he shows up in later episodes which he could but I like that there's nobody else for Edwina and I think if we knew that she was kind of talking to this other person and liking him it would really undercut the central story so that's another change that they made that I think was like really for the best Yes, because the drama wouldn't be there because we'd already know that she would end up with somebody. Now right. it's like, well, she might end up alone having done nothing wrong. Exactly. And also having like her sister kind of force her into this relationship in a weird way or, you know, having mm-hmm. all the powers of BB like this is the only person you can marry. And she's like, OK, great. And then be like, oh, no, actually, your sister's going to marry him. That's like devastating. Yes. Especially yeah, that's, now that-, that they're engaged. Exactly. Oh, yeah, which yeah. was awesome because at the end of the episode, we'll jump ahead and then we'll talk a little bit about the actual episode. But that ending where he, where Anthony walks out and you think, I mean, you hope he's going to ask the right person and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then he asks Edwina and it's everybody's everybody has their reaction to it. Yeah, And then we have the dancing scene where Kate and him dance to an orchestral version of Dancing on My Own by Robin. So we're back to this stuff. <laughs> I, I thought that was an amazing scene. And the chemistry between Simone Ashley and Jonathan Bailey is fantastic. Like, they're I, yeah. bringing it, the two of them. And it, it, it is... It's so good and it's so much fun to watch whenever they dance because basically when Anthony didn't ask uh, Edwina to marry him, she assumes it's because he and Kate don't get along. So he, she's like pushing mm-hmm. Kate and Anthony to spend time together thinking it'll just mean they'll get along better and Anthony will be more likely to ask her to marry him, not realizing obviously that Anthony is – in love with her. Uh, in love with Kate and them be spending more time together isn't good. That's such a oh, great trope. I love that uh, trope. It's so good. I mean, and we the, also the great trope that we got was nighttime in the library scene mm-hmm. where she can't sleep. So she goes to the library in her nightgown. And in, of course, 
you know, when you're at a house party and you go into the library, the person that you come that comes in is always going to be the person you want to make out with the most. Those Absolutely. just rules. And that happens. And it is, uh, it's everything you want it to be. It's so much fun. There's so much tension. You feel like they maybe are about to kiss. And then she says no, and that she runs out. And it's, ah, uh, it was so great. I mean, like, that's, there were so many moments like that in these two episodes that were just, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have the scene where the Featheringtons, the mom, mm-hmm. has Prudence go off with her cousin and traps him. Yeah. And now they're getting, they're going to get married. And then Penelope is like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. What if Featherington, uh, not, what if, um, uh, she basically says, what if people find out? It'll ruin us. And she's like, that's not going to happen. It's like, well, mm-hmm. Penelope knows and she could write about it. But at the end of the episode, she hasn't. Right. But it's almost like she needs to because otherwise... I don't understand why she didn't at the end of this, mm-hmm. like, write it. Because I guess there was also that they they the voiceover needed to have that ending of oh these people are getting engaged you know as opposed like um anthony and edwina are getting engaged not prudence and the cousin because that's not the main story so maybe uh that will come out later well also it's like if if she doesn't write about the featherington gossip then everybody's going to be like, okay, then she's probably a Featherington because this is like big gossip. Because like there was a ton of people who saw that and everything. It's not like it's so top secret. And And it was an obvious setup. Like there there was people there that were like, this is an obvious setup. Exactly. And and also it's like just the animosity that she feels towards her own family – I yeah I it would have raised the stakes it would have been more interesting to have it that because instead having Lady Whistledown just announce on an engagement that like probably at that stage everybody knows about it's not a secret it's one that they would like they would announce you know yeah it's so it's so strange but then um, we do have Colin going to visit I can't remember her name Marina at this point. Marina who. Seems to, you know, is is married to, I'm blanking Philip on Crane. names right now. Yeah. And him and Colin get along really well, and he, he tries to apologize to her. But then we do have the scene with Penelope and Colin where he says, we were really harsh on her, and, you know, if Whistledown hadn't written what she wrote, then me and her might have had a chance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of turns on some... Oh, stakes for Penelope if she ever comes out, because then Colin will know that she was the one who was behind that. So they are adding some stakes here for for Penelope being whistled down. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just would want it to be more. Well, she's got to blow up her family spot. She's got to write that that was a setup, Mm -hmm. and if she doesn't. She's got to. If you're a writer on this show, you know that you have to do that because that's really going to cause issues. Mm-hmm. But it should have been announced now 
if it may it makes sense for it to be written now because why mention that and then later go back and say oh this is false i mean i guess you can uh, the mm-hmm. the the thing with having lady whistledown do the voiceover narration of these uh, of like the beginning and the ending of these shows is that you really have to cram it into a specific button that you want to have to punctuate the action. And I don't think that necessarily is good for the show. For how they set it up. Yeah, yeah, because it fabricates what Whistledown writes in her column in a way that's too pat and easy, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I don't know. I still just wish that they had kept that Penelope was also down longer. I feel mm-hmm. like it it would be higher stakes to right now be like, oh, does what if Whistledown does write about Penelope's family? Or you know what I mean? Like, I th- it just, you know. And, and you could play the red herring game where you still, like, maybe it's Eloise. Like, you could mm-hmm. still, I know you have the Eloise detective story so maybe not her but there still could be an opportunity here to have a little bit of who is it Mm -hmm. and they threw that out the window so i mean that's something that we we just don't agree with and i don't think we ever will yeah so but Uh, i i I will say overall this these two episodes i was interested in continuing after that fourth episode me too, because we're taking a little break because I'm traveling next week, so we are going to be able to watch. But me too, I was like, oh, maybe I could just watch the fifth episode and then maybe rewatch it later. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, these two were so much fun and so engaging. Like, I would have just kept watching, obviously, if it if it wasn't for all this stuff. But um, the, the final scene or, you know, the, the kind of the last scene I want to talk about in episode four is – Kate and Anthony fighting in the library and Anthony base and them just being like, why do you hate me? And like yelling about how much they hate each other when you know, they're actually thinking that they love each other. Yes. And I thought that that scene was played so well. The tension and the drama of that was amazing. Like the sexual tension of them, like almost making out was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then it's interrupted by Daphne who, like, you know, whatever, we have our issues with Daphne, but I think having her be the one to find them that way was also great as a mirror to what happened to her. Yes. You know? Yeah. Although Daphne, it like, that actress is just not, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be rude. I, I it, it just There's just nothing, like, um interesting about her as a, as a presence uh, I think I, the you thing know is too it's like when you have it also against the the main actors in this season who I I will say like across the board are fantastic and bringing so much depth and and backstory and so like every line is kind of like loaded and it feels you could tell they're feeling something different than they're saying and that then when you have an actor that's probably like just a fine actor, like just fine, uh, it, it's such a bigger contrast. 
because you're like, oh, this is really good acting. And, you know, this is someone who's is a nepotism actor, which sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And I thought, you know, the girl who played the woman who plays Kate also looks like an adult. Yeah, which is which also helps because when 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 Daphne walks in and after she has walked in and then she pours herself a drink. I wanted to be like, oh, whoa, 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 what do you do? You know, like, <laughs> what is this 15-year-old doing drinking? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, some, yeah, Simone Ashley, the woman who plays Kate, yeah, it looks like a grown-up, an mm-hmm. adult. Like, and the casting of the two sisters is so good because they, like, you know, they look like sisters, but Edwina looks so much younger than Kate. Yeah, like, she's you, so... You feel the age difference. Yeah, she's so innocent Mm-hmm. seeming and Kate is fully in her I'm going to be a spinster. And I did love that Eloise Kate conversation about being a spinster. Oh, that was great too. That was so interesting. And I, I yeah, I I am interested for Eloise's season because I think it is going to be pretty difficult for her. Mhm. You know, cuz I think in the books too it's like Part of the reason why she ended up, she ends up obviously in the books, and I don't know if they're going to do this in the series, but she ends up marrying Philip Crane is, I think part of it is like her best friend who she thought would never get married gets married. And she's like, oh, that was kind of my plan was the two of us would just be like friends and hang out. And it kind of makes her do this thing that I think is a little bit more reckless than she would normally do. Not that she's not a reckless person like she is. She does like idiotic things all the time. But mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I, I like them setting that up too. So then when it is Eloise's turn, the turn is going to be so much bigger because, you know, I think it's hard to be like, not that I don't want to fall in love, but I'm happy alone. And so basically being with you needs to be better than being with me. And I love my company. Yes. It's interesting too, because she's in this series, she's becoming more hardened against having a partner, Mm -hmm. having a husband. Right. So like you said, they're really going to have to pull something off here where there's no one else in the world that she would make this decision for other than this person. Right. I don't trust this group of creatives to do that necessarily. But you know what? Who knows? There's a different showrunner. And I mean, these episodes have been so good. It does seem like something's going on. But it, 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 it also adds to the idea of I do understand that this show is all about finding that person that you never thought you'd find and Mm – don't don't ever give up on love. But if you have a character that is – it's an interesting conversation. I don't think we have time to get into now. But there is something about people who just want to be with themselves and don't mm-hmm. want a partner. And that's okay. Yes. You know? And I think that it might be a little bit tragic if Eloise ends up with somebody. Because if she truly doesn't – because a lot of people – in society, it's looked at as if you're alone, it's because you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Or if you say you want to be alone, you don't actually want to be alone. It's just you trying to come up with an excuse for why you aren't with other people. 
Mm-hmm. And I do think friends and community are important, but I don't know if romantic entanglements are as important to people now as as everybody thinks they are or have ever been, right? I mean, because really getting being with somebody a lot of times is just to procreate mm-hmm. and for security and safety. And if we live in a society now where you can get all of that from friends and family and what, however you want to act out sexually, if you want to act out sexually at all, there might not be a reason for people to be with another person, you know? This seems like a great time to plug a friend's book called oh. Lonely Hunter by uh, Ami Lucan. And it's all about sort of being single and choosing to be single. So, hmm. you know. If you, it's they're a friend of yours. Yeah, well, a friend of a friend. You know, she's my good friend Rebecca. It's it's one of her close friends, but she she wrote that book, and I mean, I've met her a bunch of times. She's she's really fun and smart and brilliant, and I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. But just like knowing her, I'm sure it's an amazing book. Oh wow, okay, yeah. But yeah, Um, so that's that's just my thinking with Eloise that I, I hope. They do a good job of of showing her, you know, actually finding somebody that suits her or mm-hmm. maybe they just go way off the map and she doesn't end up with anybody. And that's her happy ending. Possibly. I, I have a feeling she'll end up with somebody. But I I mean, I think it's just more in, like the bigger turn that you can make in romance, the better. The better. And I think the more interesting. So I, that's what they're setting up as a giant turn for her which I think will be interesting. And I think like, obviously Eloise is such a fun character to watch. Um, Claudia Jesse is the actress and she does a fantastic job. So I, like, I am looking forward to her season. I think it will be a lot of fun. Oh, of course I'm looking forward to it too. She's my yeah. favorite character of the whole show. Totally. Um, All yeah, right. Is there well, any, anything else? Any- I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm glad that these ones were better. I'm, I'm still not in love with this show. But, uh, but you know, I speaking will of big turns, yeah, we had a big turn. What was the big turn? Well, from really just like episode one, just being like this is going to be a slog and miserable, to these episodes really enjoying them and wanting to continue. Oh well, I wouldn't say my turn was that big. I'm still <laughs> not. See. I I would still let me just say, if we if if this wasn't a romance show, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like kind of our duty to do it, I would not watch the show. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. You also don't watch much TV anyway. I I don't. I don't. Yeah. For, um, yeah, I, I watch movies. <laughs> you're and movie I read guy. books. Um, but you read books too, and you watch a I lot love, of TV, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I love TV and I love books. Um, yeah. All right, guys, so that is episode three and four. So next time we will be watching episodes five and six. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we look forward to it. If you have any theories or opinions on anything you want to just let us know your thoughts you can always email us at learningthetrostpodcast at gmail.com 
And then basically every other platform, if you search us, you'll probably find us at Learning the Tropes. We're easy to find. You're going to find us. Um, All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening and happy watching. Happy watching. Happy watching.